to Life in the Left Lane. My name is Tom. I am joined by Austin. Hi, Austin. What's up, Tom? Yeah, a lot. A oh, lot yeah? of bad things. Yeah. And to tell us about some of those bad things is our good friend from the past, present, and maybe future. We'll see how this episode goes. <laughs> Steven! Hi, Steven. Hello, boys. How are you doing? Better than you. Oh, yeah. Ouch. Better, yeah. <laughs> better, For better now. than For you. Now. <laughs> yeah. For now, yes. It's, it's not really been a good 24 hours, to be fair. Has, it has no. not. Uh, no. For anyone who may remember or does not know who this voice is, uh, Stephen is a good friend of ours who is also our, all right, I'm going to see if I remember all these, our Not America correspondent. Mm-hmm our world correspondent, mm-hmm. and our UK correspondent. That's right. Is that all? Yeah. Um, it used to be the host of the Not America Report, which isn't really there anymore. It's just kind of the episode. So, yeah. But welcome back. It's been a while. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to, uh, to still have you two back as well. Yes, no, thank you. We are glad to be back. Yeah. I will be completely honest. When I messaged you to come on to the show... The day after the UK election, I was under the impression that we would be celebrating and having a good old time. And that is not. Well, no, I I would prefer that to be the reality of the situation. I mean, Um, we could pretend. Do you want to pretend? Yeah. Like, so <laughs> it's it's fantastic now that we uh we now have Jeremy Corbyn as our yes. prime minister and we can look forward to a, a socialist utopia. Yes. And even and if we do Brexit, it will be mm-hmm. as closely aligned to what we exist in of have course. as a deal. So yeah. um we won't have a completely screwed economy for right. a generation. The NHS is saved. We're it great. Saved, yeah, we're not gonna right? have to do some really disjointed and unfavorable nope deal with the nope. United States to sell out our cherished NHS to Big yes. Pharma. Um See, wasn't wasn't that fun, Stephen? That was, was that was a lot better than <laughs> than than what is actually happening. Yes. Yeah. Well then what actually did happen because I'm dead serious. I have no fucking idea how this happened. Uh that's I'm <laughs> I'm hoping that you have some kind of insight, something that Austin and I wouldn't be able to know because I, at least from my end, I thought with the political climate and with everything happening in Brexit, how much of a fucking disaster this entire thing has been, that this was going to be an easy win for the Labour Party. It just makes sense politically. So how the fuck did the Conservatives destroy the Labour Party last night? Well, what you're unfortunately doing there is you're applying logic to the way in which people vote. I'm sorry, okay? Uh, that I is, can't that help is always it. our mistake. Uh, and and that doesn't really happen, um, as you might have seen in your own country. Um, yes. Yeah, so unfortunately, yeah, what would have uh, on paper been seen as been a, an easy win um, for the Labour Party, especially considering their policies were, you know, rebuilding the NHS, um, creating a... a, a a strengthened cradle to grave um, welfare system, um, making sure that education was accessible for all, free, um, for you know, throughout people's entire life. Um, getting a Brexit deal that was going to be actual favourably um, to the UK, and then putting that deal to people in as a referendum to see whether they wanted that or to stay as we were. It, it all on paper looked like, um, considering what the absolute um, shit show that the 
Conservatives were under Boris Johnson. Um, right. It should have just been a, a, a no-brainer to just it go for that option. So what um, happened? Well, what you have to take into account is that um, despite the way in which the campaign was run by the Conservatives, um, which really didn't put across their message at all, it was basically um, an attack on the Labour Party constantly. Um, the fact that Boris Johnson was running scared all the time from um, even meeting members of the public or from doing interviews with um, the broadcasters that were actually interviewing all the leaders, mm. it ended up just being that the focus was was kept purely upon Labour and their policies, which should have been a good thing. But unfortunately, because the Conservatives ran this as a get Brexit done um, deal, um, that was that was the undoing, really, that the, the mass media, the majority of which were right-wing, um, let the Conservatives get away with not addressing their own failure over the last 10 years, um, let them get away with their lies and just kept the focus on Jeremy Corbyn, particularly with accusations of being an anti-Semite and... Um, fact that he couldn't be trusted because he's a terrorist sympathiser and all these things that we've discussed before, the yeah. accusations that are falsely thrown at him. But um, falsely, and, and to a lot of people, especially uh, left-wing Americans, at least the ones I've spoken to, they never even considered that to be an option. So uh, did those really have that much of an effect on the election? Because I, I can't imagine people just simply uh, hearing this on the news and then being like, oh, yeah, he's definitely anti-Semitic just because the news told me. It just doesn't make any sense that that would be these, the situation. These these are adding to the overall um, element of distrust which is, is has been sown over the fact that um, the Labour Party was seen as not being trustworthy over Brexit. Mm. Um, the although the the um, it was basically a fifty fifty thing in the first place, um, only only slightly more than that actually won Brexit in the first place, um, it still meant that the majority of the um, Labour heartlands, unfortunately, had been poisoned into the idea that they needed to come out of the EU. And that was then meant that the Labour Party were caught, basically, by in between a rock and a hard stone of either supporting Brexit and therefore they'd been seen to be... Um, sort of frustrating Brexit happening over the last 18 months, two years by actually fighting it in, in Parliament and etc. and not actually just agreeing to the bad deals that were put forward just because mm -hmm. they were awful deals. If there was a good deal there, they would have agreed to it, but they hadn't. And so um, they were kind of trapped. If they'd agreed to a bad deal, they would have been blamed for that. If they'd have actually you know disagreed with it, that's where they were trapped on the other side. Realistically, for any thinking person, what they were putting forward as their Brexit stance was incredibly sensible. I mean, mm. it's what we've discussed before that it's the way that, that trade unions do it. Labour unions go, you know, will go to the management about a deal um, when the workers aren't happy about um, their terms and conditions, their pay or whatever. They'll go to the, the management, they'll organise some kind of through negotiation, they'll get some kind of deal, then they'll take it back to the workforce to say, are you happy with this? And that's what, you know, Labour was trying to do, just go back to the people and say, are you happy with this deal before we jump into it? Yeah. But um, they've 
the rhetoric is all controlled by the right-wing press and the Tories. I mean, and even the BBC is little more than, than when it comes to the news, is little more than the you know an extension of Conservative Party um, press office. And the the way that they're talking about, you know, Boris having got a deal, um, which he hasn't, it's, nobody should be allowed to use the language saying that what he's got is a deal. It's not a deal. It takes years to get to even create a deal. What he's got is basically the beginnings of an of a discussion on an agreement to eventually start negotiating on a deal. It's nowhere near. It's, it's just so far away from actually being a, a, anything that is a deal. But so there's not even there's not even a guarantee that anything's going to happen with this anytime no, no. soon. No, no, and and you know, with him being so frustrated on it that he didn't have the majority to push it through Parliament with his own defections that happened from his own party, and um, basically he didn't have the majority, and because he'd screwed up with, um, meaning that his coalition partners basically who were keeping him in government, the DUP, the the right wing evangelical nutters from Northern Ireland who were basically keeping him in government, he couldn't appease them with the because. He was lying to them as well, yeah. saying that there wouldn't be a border, you know, a, a trade border, um, a customs border between um, Northern Ireland and the UK, and there also wouldn't be one between Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland, which, you know, you couldn't have both. You've got to have one or the other. Um, when they were started realising that he was lying to them, he, he knew he was getting nowhere in Parliament, so he had to call this, this election. And unfortunately, rather than it backfiring and end up being that there was, a, a you know, him being pushed out, his lies have managed to get him through to the stage where he's come out with a, a, a substantial majority and the Labour Party have paid the price. It's been at the, the, their expense in in most cases. Yeah. And in some cases it's been it's been a knife edge. Right. I mean it's it's, it's you know, it's been a, a percentage or two point that it's flipped over. So yeah. it's been incredible. it is actually, you know, despite what looks like on paper as far as, you know, the the fact that the Conservatives have now got uh, 364 MPs and Labour have got 230. And that's that's 59 down for the Labour Party and 47 up to Tories. It's It's been a knife edge for most of those, uh, uh, incredibly small changes over in percentage points. So we've, we've, we've ended up, because of the Brexit issue, stopping people from being able to concentrate on the fact that they are, you know, the NHS would be saved. They would get proper yeah. investment in it. Yeah. They would be able to make sure that their their kids actually, you know, were getting the supplies and the teachers. Yeah. The fact that you know the the Tories were going around, um, you know, they were they were putting out so many different lies about what they were without any costings. They were mm-hmm. talking about the twenty thousand police officers they would be putting back, uh, putting they would be recruiting twenty thousand police officers. Which you know sounds great if it wasn't for the fact that in the last ten years of them being in government they've taken away twenty two thousand. Well, yeah, um, that's what I was thinking. And then they were challenged yeah. on that. It was it was brushed away, and they weren't pushed on it and weren't held held to account for it. And with Boris Johnson, even in the latter stages, being able to avoid um, avoid interviews entirely, um, and being you know when they were having the um, the debates on television, and he was just represented by. Um, an ice sculpture hmm. um, that was slowly melting throughout the actual um, the, the debate, which is what happened when they were having the the leaders, all the parties talking about the climate change, hmm. um, and 
you know, even in the latter stages, the last couple of days, where he was he was caught hiding in a in a in a industrial refrigerator rather than face reporters. Yeah, that's right. I saw that. Wait, and, and I one of didn't. His, uh, no. <laughs> and, one of, Wait. And, and one of his aides, this is and one of this was um, like at half past seven in the morning. He was visiting some uh, commercial dairy and would and went and hid in the the. Ran away from the reporters and hidden in the commercial refrigerators where the, the workforce was and stuff. And one of his aides, when actually was being spoken to by by one of the morning television reporters live on air, turned around and told them to fuck off. <laughs> and that didn't do any damage to the camp to the Tories campaign whatsoever. Hmm. You know these these are the things that you've we've you know we've been facing. <laughs> You've got candidates out there, Tory party candidates, who um, you know have turned around and said that disabled people should be paid paid less money for doing work than able-bodied people, and hmm. particularly people who are, who are, um, have any mental disability. They should be paid less because they don't realise the value of money, and therefore they shouldn't be paid as much. Wow! I mean that yeah, that was was virtually unreported. And that's these, these, uh, you know, scary to think about. Yeah, it's unfortunately the bias that's out there. And, and you had um, just within the last week, you've had um, just nearby to me here, one of the hospitals, um, a four-year-old child uh, with pneumonia in the accident and emergency department waiting to be seen, sleeping on the floor. Um, and that should have just shocked everybody into going, right, well, the NHS is completely screwed and it's their fault. Yeah. Um, and when presented with this information in a in an interview by a reporter, and the picture put in front of him on the, the reporter's phone, he took the reporter's phone and just put it in his pocket and tried to talk about other things. Yeah, and it's yeah. Just, you're thinking, well, how's yeah, this guy get, how is this guy getting away with it? And unfortunately, yeah. oh my god, what the fuck? That, well, and not not only that, didn't they? Uh, I heard that online there was a like conspiracy theory circulating that the photo was faked. Well, there was yeah, there was there was an attempt to um, to to portray it as being faked, even mm. though it, it wasn't. I mean, yeah, and it was, it was I saw obviously real. <laughs> um, and and that you know, and unfortunately, that's part and parcel of what's gone here on on here. And I think you're aware of it for yourselves over there in in the United States. That well, that's the thing. Yeah, I just it, keep hearing it and thinking this all sounds so eerily familiar. I, yeah. It, it's ridiculous. Even the I'm looking at the total uh, voting amount. Um, the Labor Party lost by three million votes. It's like even that number is um, yeah. reminiscent of yeah. uh, a yeah. past. And it's this the 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 way in which information is presented, and and that because the, the Tories have lied so much, and but also on the other side of it, they've portrayed the fact that well, you know, all of all of us are lying. All of, all the, the parties are lying to you. Yeah. So that so that they you know that is making it that the the um, the truth that is being told by the Labour Party and to some extent some of the other parties as well um, has just been completely wiped away and and portrayed as being false. Mm. This whole fake news thing means that um, there's a total disvalue in there being um, information being treated as being actually true and therefore something that has to be taken on board for people to make a decision on. And you've even even had that there was a leaders' debate between Jeremy Corbyn and Boris Johnson, and during that debate happening, the Conservative Party press office Twitter account 
changed its name on Twitter to Fact Checker UK and was throwing out loads of loads and loads and loads of criticisms and false information um, about what Jeremy Corbyn was saying, was actually saying that what he was saying wasn't factually true and that his figures didn't add up and they were telling all these lies, but they were doing it under the, the umbrella of having faked their own profile um, to make is, them look like they were an independent fact-checking how organization. How is that allowed? How is that allowed? Because how is, the, there, is there no possibility for legal repercussions for that? Because that seems a little illegal. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, no, because the, the you know we know that laws are so archaic that it ve- barely keeps up with the digital age, even in in yeah. the form of like um, the you know emails and and such like this. It's it's ridiculous. And I mean, we have a th- we, we have a thing called Perda. It's called, which basically means that there's a various different rules with regards to the media, how they actually interact um, with the public mm. and um, also what the political parties do with regards to um, how they interact to make sure that there's um, a certain amount of fairness goes on. And it includes them not reporting on exit polls and them, them having to um, you know, be, not use uh, government offices to actually promote their their party and their position yeah. when the, when there's an election actually happening. Oh, and there's various other bits to it. But the trouble is many many of the reporters, including BBC reporters that are meant to be the most, um, you know, um, non-partisan, they were still in their own Twitter accounts and stuff. They were, they were operating a, an extreme bias against the Labour Party. Um, and it was just amazing how visible that was if you you know if you're just watching for it, um, yeah. And and the, and there isn't there isn't the 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 um, control to actually force people to actually tell the truth in an election. Unfortunately, it yeah. just doesn't happen. And there should be in your elections, our elections, in every election, you should be able to not put out any information that's not true. Yeah. But right. Again, this has been done. One of the um, the the. the the, one of the other parties over here, the Liberal Democrats, who we've discussed before, who aren't particularly liberal and, and aren't particularly democratic, <laughs> yeah. but um, their leader, um, an absolute horror of a woman who um, is more more conservative and Tory with her voting than than Boris Johnson is himself. Um, wow. Who you know, the only good thing out of this has come that she's lost her seat. And he's no longer an MP, and therefore no longer the leader of their party, and, and that's yeah. the end of her. But um, the, the Liberal Democrats uh, have become a, a running joke throughout the campaign for the fact that they were putting out various um, campaign materials through people's doors at local level that were having these atrocious bar charts that were actually portraying themselves as being the um, the second party to vote for in order to unseat the existing, um, usually a Labour um or Tor- well, it was Labour and Tory, but mm. whenever it was the Tory ones, like it was locally here in in, in part of York, they were put, put across these bar charts um, as the information in the campaign literature, saying that they were the the second party. Only they, through tactical voting, um, people should be voting for them and all this kind of stuff. But when you actually looked at the data where it come from, the, the fine print underneath it said that it wasn't, you know, it's not that it was based upon the last election that happened two years ago, but in actual fact, it was based upon a survey of 100 people that they'd spoken to in the street and they'd given them the option between voting Tory or voting Liberal. And still, 20, 20% of people were saying they'd vote for the, for, for the Labour Party. What and, the hell? And, 
locally here, we've, we've got a, a situation where we've got York Central and York Outer, basically. York's, York Outer is basically a ring around one other constituency, which is the one I live in. And in that in that outer constituency, there was even um, a leaflet that went through everybody's door from um, a guy who has spent his entire life as a, as a pollster and a political analyst. And um, from his point of view, with his expertise, he was saying that the only way to get rid of the Tories in York Outer was to vote for the Liberal Democrats and, and all this kind of stuff. And you read through it and you're thinking, well, this guy's, you know, gone off his own bat to go and put out this information um, from an independent point of view. This yeah. must be something you have to listen to. But you read the fine print at the bottom of the leaflet and it's put, it's, it's promoted by the Liberal Democrats. It's actually financed and promoted by them. So it, there was a lot of this going on and, and you know, York Outer, as an example, if, you know, half the people who voted for the Liberal Democrats had voted for the Labour candidate, we would have had a Labour MP in York Outer. Mm. And it, that happened across the entire country, where where that's how knife-edge it was, that they, if it hadn't been for the underhand tricks done by by the you know, Liberal Democrats as well as um, the, the Tories, that wouldn't have you know, would have meant that the Labour Party probably would have been in, in government like we'd wanted them to be. But mm. so that it's 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 a lot closer than it actually looks on paper to how close they were to winning. But unfortunately, the outcome has been that Fine in York here, I'm a little red dot surrounded by an ocean of blue, which in your country would be a bad thing, but over here, because, yeah. we, have the, because we have the colours the opposite way around yes, over here, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's actually a, a benefit over here. So I've still got my uh, my MPUs, a Labour MPUs, great, but we've lost some some you know incredible MPUs. We've lost um, Laura Pidcock, who was a uh, who's um, from the North East, who's was been rightly recognised as a future leader of the Labour Party. She was a, a fantastic orator and passionate oh. socialist, um, working class woman, um, young, and unfortunately she lost by just just a, a few percentage points she's been put out. And the longest serving Labour MP um, who's been around since 1970, um, a guy called Dennis Skinner, um, who's well respected in many ways and, and also feared in some ways, called the Beast of Bolsover because that's the area he, he represents. Hmm. Um, this is a guy who, back in the miners' strikes in the early 80s, gave up a year's salary and gave it to the striking miners to keep them going. And now those older miners who are now pensioners who decide they want Brexit have decided to unseat him and put a Tory in charge. That's interesting. Their MP. And you're insane. thinking, well, it's just what yeah. you're thinking. But this this is the story across the entire country, unfortunately, that the so, that Brexit has been sort of um has been used to push out all the rest of the issues. And when people are losing the NHS services and the welfare and the workers' rights and you know, we're we're back to rationing like we were in the war because we've got no trade deals and uh, everything's been sold off, including the family silver and your grandmother. So Stephen, I, I have a question because we're we're kind of on that topic now. With these prominent Labour Party or Labour Party members gone, and Jeremy Corbyn announcing that he will step down as the leader of the Labour Party, yeah. who is the future of the Labour Party? Who's going to be the next person, and is that person going to be able to get more support than Jeremy Corbyn was? I think we'll get. I think we'll have a generation shift, um, and. Um, I think you know the the there is there's a, there has been for a long time 
there's been the um, critiques within the Labour Party from the the old fashioned, um, the well not the old fashioned but the neoliberals, the Blairites, yeah, um, have been course. the criticisms of Jeremy Corbyn all the way through, and they seem to be thinking this is now their opportunity to take back um, the leadership of the party. But what they don't yep. realise, I, I don't think, is that the the party membership as a whole votes on the leader. And although Jeremy Corbyn, when he first became leader, going way back, um, had a, a knife's edge um, last minute dash on his bicycle to get his his nom- uh, the right number of nominations in, and people lent him nominations who were going to actually support him, and he's you know to get onto the ballot. Yeah, I think they're misunderstanding that the people who are, are left um, in the party as MPs, um, a lot of them are the ones that have come on board. Um, since Jeremy Corbyn was um, elected as leader. Um, and they're the ones that are going to be basically deciding. And who it's going to be, um, I, I, you know, there's a few people, it, 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 in my mind, it could um, immediately be um, as candidates. Um, Angela Rayner is one of the people that it would possibly go for it. Mm, um, okay. She's, um, you know, um, a working class man, uh, Manchester girl from up in the north of England here who okay. um, was a single mother at the age of 16 and she's you know, self-educated, um, very much a plain speaking woman, very eloquent though in, in dissecting the point and challenging people and has got a certain amount of charisma. But she, you know, she is a bit of a of a gobby northern bird in some some people's eyes. But then I think that's what what some people want from the Labour Party. They mm. want somebody who's, who looks like them. Um, we've also got um, uh, another female um, MP called Rebecca Long Bailey, who's a very astute analytical woman. As, as she's got charisma, but she's very astute at um, coming up with the uh, the the approaches as far as the trade deals and the the business side of things. She's been the the minister for for business, um, well, okay. shadow shadow minister. So she's a she's a likely candidate, and she's got a lot of um, credentials to her as well. Um, from the other side, I don't know as far as within the the more central centrist part of the party. I don't know whether um, Keir Starmer, who is the the guy who is most prominent in to- in sort of um, making discussions about Brexit and things, he's he's a, a lawyer, uh, very clever. He he could possibly be a candidate as well. Mm. Um, and I I won't put it past some people to be suggesting a guy called Barry Gardner. Although I don't think he'd do it, um, who's a, to some extent a softly spoken, softly spoken posh um, gentleman, um, but he's he's very you know passionate and is very disarming um, in a lot of interviews. But there will be some people from the the, the right wing party that put themselves forward. There's a, um, a girl called Jess Phillips who has has been incredibly critical of. Um, the left of the party and okay. um, it's been f- f- quite cosy with um, the Tories um, in many ways. Um, and she seems to think a lot of herself. So I think she put herself forward. But, That's uh, concerning. Whether, she, whether she'd get the support or not, she, I don't think she, she, whether she'd get the support from enough MPs to be on the ballot is, is, is likely she would, but right. she wouldn't. She wouldn't get the um, support from the membership to mm. actually become the leader. Right, she'd, right. Fall, she'd fall the same way as as um, some of the others did a few years ago that were um, in opposition to Jeremy Corbyn. Um, so as long as the, the left unite behind one candidate, and there's a lot more candidates now to be 
the left candidate as opposed to when Jeremy Corbyn did it. And it was basically um, four of them sat around a table going, well, I've done, I've put myself forward before and I've put myself forward before. Yeah. Um, there's a possibility Diane Abbott might be seen as being a, a candidate, but I think that would be um, a mistake in some respects because I think that with the with the way that there's the um, the bigotry of Brexit, I think having Britain's first black female MP um, as being the 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 leader of the Labour Party, I think perhaps would be um, although she shouldn't be judged on 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 that level. I think. It would be, um, electorally, I think it would be difficult, um, more difficult for the Labour Party to win votes under her because she's been, she's, she gets attacked mercilessly. She she is the, the most strongly attacked MP out of all of them, unfortunately. And I mm. think putting her in, in the firing line like that... Yeah, that um, might be tough. ...give too much of an opportunity to um, to, to the the opposition, unfortunately. So, so, so yeah. give... Give us your prediction as to like how the UK is going to go from here. Um, like, what does 2020 look like now that this election's been settled? The Labour Party lost, I forget how many seats, I just saw it. Um, but they lost a bunch of seats, Conservatives gained a bunch. What's going to happen? What's 2020 like? Well, now there's there's nothing to stop. Theoretically, there's nothing to stop the um, the Tories being able to push through um, Boris Johnson's Brexit deal. So at least we theoretically now aren't facing um, a no deal Brexit, okay. um, which was you know a, a threat, which would have been awful um, <laughs> worst case scenario. But Boris yeah. Johnson's deal isn't much better. Um, than a, a no deal Brexit, unfortunately. Mm. So he sh- he'll be able to get that through, as, even if he's got dissenters within his own ranks. Um, he'll still have enough of a majority to be able to push it through, um, even if all the op- all the rest of the um, opposition MPs band together against it. So and since that deal has already been given the 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 nod, as it were, um, by the European uh, Union, um, that looks like that'll go ahead. And unfortunately, that means. Um, an awful situation for workers' rights um, for, in particular. Um, it's very difficult to see how um, he's going to work out this situation with um, the the trade side of things because at the moment what he's proposing, what he's telling people he's going to do and what the EU will accept are completely different things. He's going to have to have a, a customs barrier between us and the, and the Northern Ireland, which... Um, it's, it's the, there's no way around it. So if that you know that's what his deal is, on paper, even though he's been denying it till he's you know literally blue in the face. Um, <laughs> so that's that's the next stage, and unfortunately, his deal seems to give them the the loosest um, arrangement with um, the EU, and gives the most opportunity for um, the corporations from your country to come in and basically cherry-pick everything they want from this country as far as assets and no. um, privatisation of, of our um, public services. In particular, the NHS. Mm. Um, big big pharma will be coming in and, and oh, yeah. rubbing their hands. I mean, it was raised in the election. Jeremy Corbyn had a leaked document that it had been um, part of the NHS had been part of the discussions. Yeah. And that was that was held up actually live in a debate Um the, the document and then it was actually then um, put out there for people to see 
but that didn't have enough impact upon people to go well, actually yeah our NHS is under is it's going to be you know picked yeah, that, clean the bones I really uh, to be, to I be don't perfectly understand honest that. we're not going to go down the lines I don't think of it being privatized as such in the, in the sense of what you hopefully got. not hopefully but not <laughs> yeah what what will what will happen instead is that they the provision of our free um healthcare provision Mm-hmm. Will be handled by corporations from your country oh. who who will be Good. charging an absolute fortune. What? So the co- so the cost of the NHS will will go up massively. What what we are currently paying out, um, you know, a couple of pounds for, we'll be paying out ten times that at least for for medicines or equipment or services, and the profits will all be getting taken over to your country there'll probably be no tax paid upon them in this country either um, yeah, or and of course, with, with that extra cost being put upon the NHS um, for giving the same services we're already getting and without there being the extra money put into the NHS that just means that we're going to end up be, having less provision we'll have longer longer waiting lists more people oh, are yeah. going to die oh yeah oh yeah um, so that's the future we've already got more food banks in this country than when you have um, branches at, of McDonald's Wow. So, um, wow. so and then that's only going to grow, grow. Grow. We're going to have that's more child poverty, which is already two in, two in every three children. Let are, me say this one thing. Poverty. Well, you know, when you study history for as long as like I have, um, you learn a few things. And one of the things that you learn is that when you give something to people for as long as like the NHS has been in the hands of the people. You know, that free healthcare, and then you start to slowly take it away, people will not like that. And that it just it every situation in history that you can find, when you take something away from people, they freak out. Um, if if the stuff that you think is gonna start happening to the NHS actually starts to happen, I can't see the 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 British people reacting nicely to this. If they start seeing private privatization of companies and of the insurance, it, it'll be a mess. Well, I mean, all, it already this, is. But yeah, this is yeah. this is why I this is why I can't see it going down the insurance route that you have with your um, healthcare system, where people have to be insured. Well, I can't see, to call can't see that happening. <laughs> but we, but still, the provision of the actual free services going into private hands—that's already been happening. I mean. Uh, Richard Branson's um, company, Virgin, um, has got quite a lot of the contracts. And when he was refused one of the contracts um, in the southeast um, for a couple of one of the hospital trusts, um, based upon some irregularity with regards to the what he was he was offering as far as um, guarantees on pensions, I think there was on some things like this. Mm-hmm. He ended up he ended up taking the NHS to court and winning um, about three hundred million pounds. From the NHS just for being refused a contract, and unfortunately, that'll be the situation that we're in, where where companies can actually um, sue for not being able to, not being given the opportunity to um, privately tender for any of our services. Um, And you're right about the fact that that's why, if it was taken away and it was just moved over to an insurance system, people would be alarmed. But unfortunately, the way they're doing it. Which is monetizing the NHS for private gain, but not actually it being at a direct cost to the public. It being a cost to the public purse. Um, that's more um, in the line of being like um, like the analogy of a lobster in a pot, where mm-hmm. you put it into the pot of cold water and you just gradually turn the heat up. 
Yeah. So it doesn't realise it's getting boiled. Yeah, yeah. I see what and you're it's, saying. It's the same thing. Um, people people don't see the creeping privatisation that there's already been. And it's the same with the academisation of school, which is basically um, the, the equivalent of charter schools that you've got. Mm. People aren't seeing that as being privatisation, um, despite the fact that it essentially is, you know, it's yeah. private companies running public schools. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, people aren't having to pay to go to the schools, but it's the private companies running the schools. And that's, that's unfortunately, that creeping thing that's gone on that um, they've got away with because they haven't done it balls out open in the same way that your system's got. But right, right. Yeah. Unfortunately, the, the, this country, this country has benefited from so much over hundreds of years, last hundred, last last three or four hundred years, we've benefited continually from um, other cultures coming into our culture and adding to ours. And over 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 those hundreds of years, we have benefited continually from that. And yes, there are some bigots out there who don't like the fact that people from the Caribbean are, are, are you know, came in in the 50s or in the 60s and 70s, people from India um, came in. But you know, I'm going for an Indian meal tonight, and that's a lot better than most of the bland food that we usually get over in this country. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, and they've added to our culture in in um, in so many ways, in music and yeah. um, the literature, and um, just giving us better better tasting food and, um, and all these kind of things, and and bringing in lots and lots of things. But unfortunately, the biggest influence on our culture from another country over the last 60 years has come from yourselves. Mm-hmm. Not you personally, obviously. Yeah. Um, It'd be it's different been if it were from the two It's of been us. a damaging influence. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, particularly over the over the last 30 years when it's been neoliberalism that's been imported. Oh, yeah. It's, that's been more damaging to our, our country than any other culture coming in a, at all. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're, we're suffering in, the, the homogenization of the high street where... Uh, you know, all the shops look the same. It doesn't matter which city you're in, and you, and um, you know the likes of of Amazon and and Gap and. We talked Nike about this in my stuff. cultural geography class not so long yeah. ago. It's like if no. you go into somewhere in the United States and you go to a mall anywhere in the United States, it's going to look like the one at home. There might be a little variation, like the roof yeah. tiles might be different, but essentially, it, it's like if you step somewhere randomly, you can be like, "Oh, there's a Dunkin', there's a Starbucks." Like you can well, see that's 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 the one thing that I love about New York City is that like where I live, it's not like that. And it's, I feels like one of the last places in the country where it's not. And there's, there's, yeah, it's just not like that everywhere else you go. Yeah. Unfortunately, the, 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 the big box stores are, uh, you know, have, have crept in over here. Um, and some of them are, are, uh, actually, um, British owned, you know, like mm-hmm. the one I allegedly work for. And, um, but there are so many of them out there that are the, the foreign-owned ones that have come in, and particularly from corporations that are, are from your country. And they, you know, they are making the high street look the same. They are putting the local businesses out who can't compete, particularly on the level of the fact that, you know, they're paying their taxes, whereas these big box ones are offshoring their tax oh, of um, yeah. liabilities. Um, and, you know, that, one of the reasons behind why Brexit has, you know, has been pushed by the the rich elite because, you know, they didn't want to be part of a Europe where there was um, the the tax um, was going to be um, 
tracked and made sure that these big corporations paid no matter which country they were basing themselves in. Yeah. They were paying at the point of point of them earning the, the money, not where they decided to exile themselves as yeah. far as tax. But yet, unfortunately, there's over here, over the past um, 10 years with, with the Tory austerity that they put in place, there's been a crisis in retail. And as somebody who, who, who theoretically works in retail, you can see that the, you know it's driven wages and terms and conditions down, zero-hour contracts coming in more, and it means that the people who are the ones that they want to go into their stores spending money are the ones who can't afford to do that because they're not getting paid enough. Yeah. And then, then the revenue that they're getting from that isn't going into tax into the, the public purse. So it's creating an ever-decreasing circle. And unfortunately, um, these are the you know these things were brought up, you know, in discussions with people during the election. But, but unfortunately, um, the the most people could only see one thing, and that was Brexit. As far right. as um, some, and they don't realise that you know Brexit is going to make all of these things worse. You know, funding of the NHS. We're not going to have more money in the NHS. We're going to have less money in the NHS. Yeah. We're not going to have. We're not going to have. You know, less um, less costly goods in the shops. We're going to have more costly goods in the shops. We're yeah. not going to have more jobs. We're going to have less less jobs. And you know, all these things are going to be damaged by Brexit. But they've got fixated on this idea that Brexit needs to be done no matter what. And um, unfortunately, that's been the Labour Party's downfall that they they couldn't in all good conscience, go along with something that they would then be criticised for later date. And I'm hoping that that um, a friend of uh, there's a friend of mine who's he's he's hard right, a lot more right wing than me. I mean, I'm a democratic socialist, and he's a he's definitely a revolutionary socialist. And you keep him around. Why? And um, <laughs> and because uh, sometimes it's it's useful to to hear his perspective on things. And he, he's, no, it's he, not. Don't he, lie. <laughs> he, he's he's in favour of. He's from the left wing. He's in favour of Brexit. Mm. And uh, he's what's called a Lexiteer. And now his his point of view is that it will it will free us from the 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 corporatization, the, the neoliberalism and capitalism of, of the EU and give us freedom to move away from that as socialists. But uh, the worst case scenario of us become even more entrenched into that system, what will happen is things will get so bad that people will realise that capitalism is so bad and neoliberalism, neoliberalism is so bad that they will actually start becoming more radically socialist and that will actually trigger a revolution. And, you know... Pie in the sky because that's not really the way that things work. No. Um, yeah. If you look at the history of this country, but um, you know, to, to 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 come up with that idea that things are going to get so bad that we're going to end up having some kind of groundswell, yeah, that's um, scary, socialist revolution. And unfortunately, I'm at the stage stage now this morning when I, you know, looking at the news, thinking that's one of my best hopes at the moment that that's going to happen. <laughs> I know. Because for the next, you know, next five years, unless something happens drastically, the next five years, we've got a Tory government. Yeah. And Boris Johnson being so arrogant that he is, I, there's no way he's going to be, um, he's going to voluntarily step down unless he's no. actually forced, forced to buy his own party. Um, yeah. He won't be held accountable by the media the same way that Trump isn't. He'll be able to go from from mistake to gaffe to absolute blunder. Yeah. Um, uh, again and again and again, that the same way that that Trump does, and he won't be forced out of office no matter what mistakes he makes. So, unfortunately, for the next um, the next five years, 
this is going to be a, a decline. And I know there's some people that I've been speaking to even today who have been saying, well, we survived um, the Thatcher era and we've survived the Tories for the last 10 years. And, that, you know, saying to them, well, yeah, we survived, but over the last 10 years, there's been over 100,000 people that have died because of their policies. Yeah. Um, who's to say you, you're not going to be one of those people that's going to die in the next five years? Yeah, well, even things like that... Um I saw people on Twitter talking about that fire. What was it in London? And that Grenfell, yeah, yeah. the Grenfell fire, yeah, yeah, and that you know, the more you have austerity and conservative governments, the more things like that happen. Yeah, because there's and just even, no regulation. Even during the election campaign, there was um, student accommodation um, in the north of England up here. Um, that the exact same thing happened. Now, mm. nobody died in it. Everybody was evacuated. But exactly for the same reason with the cladding that there was a fire um, and there hadn't been the the rules to make sure it had to be um, sort of fireproofed in that way. So that could well have been another disaster along those lines. But the, the irony of all this is that the place where the Grenfell fire happened at the last election, it flipped over to being Labour Party mm. by a very slim margin um, because of the way that the Conservatives have mishandled it so badly that even they couldn't get out of being um, pointed out as responsible. Yeah. Um, but it's flipped over again in yesterday to being back to being Tories by a slim margin, but it's flipped over again, um, despite the fact that they still haven't reconciled the, the Grenfell um, situation. They still haven't housed the people. They still haven't actually been held to account for it um, properly. And yet... It wasn't enough of an election issue. There were so many different things that the Conservatives have done wrong that none of them were enough of an issue on their own to, to unseat them. And it's exactly yeah. the same as what's happened with Trump, with him going from, you know, every two days him coming up with something that would would have unseated um, a previous president. Yeah, anybody else. But yeah. because, because of because of the 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 totality of them all, they just, you know, you can't even, even yourselves who pay attention to what's going on, you can't remember even what... What he did last week because it's yeah. so you know he's moved on to such, such other bad things. I mean, you can't even, yeah, it just happened. Remember the, all the, the litany time. of disaster. Yeah, yeah, it's oh, it's frustrating. It's funny because I just hear so many parallels. Like even even people on the left. That was the uh, like during the 2016 election. That was the Jimmy Dore argument that you know vote third party, and if right. Trump wins, he'll make it so bad that there'll be some kind of like left-wing revolution. And it's like... That's nah, just no. not the way it works. <laughs> no. It's no, just not it the way it works. It doesn't. It's, it's, I mean, you know, I know Tom's got a, um, a good um, knowledge of, of British history. Um, a little bit. A little bit more now that I'm finished yeah, with my br- modern it, Britain yeah. class. This is it, yeah. And I mean, I know, you know modern Britain doesn't necessarily just mean the, the last 50 years or so. No. Back. No. And, you know, you go back to the Chartist era, you know, and, and Peterloo massacre and all these kind of things. Even those, which should have caused a, a groundswell of, of working class revolution to remove the establishment as it was, it didn't. It got it got tempered down and it didn't actually um, result in that, whereas it would have done in some other countries. It's just not the way the British people do it. Right. Um, so we're not going to get it this time around either. And unfortunately, it does mean that um, for myself, who has an awareness of what, um, the situation is over in the States in a lot of ways and understanding how, um, you know, things like workers' rights are over in the States. Um, that's where we're unfortunately heading towards over the next five years and we're going to yeah. get the, the the 
just the decimation of them step by step, one thing after another is going to be done to everything that we value in this country and protects us. Um, and we've only got to hope that people at some point will realise um, and next election they'll actually um, be clever enough to um, to vote the right way to in their own interest rather than the interest of the 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 one percent. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, you know that's that's to some extent a vain hope because I thought they were going to do that this time. Yeah. I thought people would eventually have realised now finally. But as you know, in your own country, that you know people will vote against their own self interest for um, bizarre reasons yeah. that they just tell themselves. Um, and no matter what you try to do to persuade them otherwise, they're still going to do it because they're not voting based upon logic. They're basing, voting based upon some insane bias and scapegoating and um, using lies to prop up their their decision making. Yeah, right. Yeah, and it's and, and it's too. It's, the weird thing is like, um, you know, the the consensus among a lot of the pundit class is that, you know, there's like conservatives and then there's liberals and that then there's this, you know, like these people in the middle who are what, you know, in America, we go after every election, like they're the ones who decide. But if you actually look at what those people believe, their, their um, policy ideas are bizarrely like all over the ideological map. Like yeah. they have no problem with social programs as long as they don't go to the wrong people. <laughs> and yet they also have this weird, bizarre nationalist views. And it's like, I think that's why Trump was so effective when he ran. Cause he ran on saying, Hey, I'm going to give everybody good healthcare for less money. And, you know, we're going to protect social security and I'm going to kick all the Brown people out of the country. Like it, yeah. it was a weird, I mean, well, obviously he didn't yeah, yeah. go through on any of the, like the more populist stuff that he talked about, but because you know, once the Republicans got involved, they're like, well, "We're not going to do any of that." But no, and, and they probably knew that you know it was something new to begin with, and it was yeah. you know the you you do the things that uh, that um, they can afford to do as far as monetarily. They they don't they're not collecting the taxes in order to be able to afford to put into the social programs. Yeah, but they are collecting enough taxes to be able to put into um, ICE and, and other and and other things like the um, restriction of visas for people to be able to come into the country and mm-hmm. stuff. So they can do that um, easier than they can actually start to build a proper um, social safety net for for people. Yeah, and you know, so they'll they'll do what is on one side fiscally easy, but also is is less hard work and less controversial to get through that their their own establishment base. Yeah, uh, yeah, and there there is this. This middle ground, which is seen as being the fact that they're, um, they're, these are people that want so many different policies. But in this country, it's still to, to a lot of extent true that um, previous to the whole Brexit thing, mm-hmm. and previous to the, previous to, to be honest, previous to the, the, the worldwide financial crash, um, it was that people's social attitudes towards race and gender and sexuality and religion, they were all um, becoming more and more progressive. Um, and the, the majority of people were uh, more accepting and understanding and open yeah. and um, just willing to, to live with each other. But because of the financial crisis, then pitting um, people against each other because there, was, there needed to be scapegoats. So they were 
the people who were actually were at fault, the rich people, were, were pointing at others saying, it's the immigrants, it's, no, of course. it's women, it's yeah. gays, um, it's the Muslims, you know. Yeah. And it's the same as it's happened in your country. That has given rise to the nationalism. It has given rise to the bigotry. And that's why the people want the progressive policies. They want the free um, healthcare. They want the, the better schooling and, and free university education. They want all these things. And they want, you know, they want a, a four hour, a four four day working week where they still get paid a living wage and all these kind of things. Yeah. But what they see is the fact they're saying that they can't have those things because of the immigrants, because of the gays, because of, of women, because of the Muslims. And that's where they're seeing that their trade deals with another country are the things that are stopping them from being popular, uh, them being um, profitable. And that's that's the scapegoating, which previously wasn't there. And these people still still believe in these progressive policies, but they, they're not wanting to include the people who they see as being the ones that are stopping them from having them. Yeah. Um, and that's that's a battle that we've we've got over here and you've got over there as well to try and actually turn the corner on that one, which is incredibly difficult when you've got the media who control the narrative are the ones that are, who are controlled by um, the billionaires. Yeah, you know, as I say, it's the billionaires telling the millionaires to tell the rest of us um, that those that are worse often us are the ones that are, are the threat. When really, it's 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 the the billionaires themselves. I mean, any immigrants, no. the only immigrants we have to worry about in this country taking our jobs are the ones that fly in on a, on a private jet in a pinstripe shirt suit that's going <laughs> to offshore our, our jobs and close down our factories and things. And we don't have to worry about somebody coming in on a, on a boat who washes up on our shores on a beach, you know, half dead. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I never understood that it's like they have, you know, the idea of trickle-down economics never worked, but it does seem like, you know, the blame trickles down. It's like they... It's true. The the richest people convince like millionaires to lie for them, so that you know the middle class blames the people with the least amount of power for all their problems. And it yeah. just seems it's that, cartoon, it's that cartoon image of the the big fat rich man sat there with a a plate full of of cookies, and then there's the 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 sort of steel worker sat there with with three cookies on his plate. And uh, the big rich guy is pointing towards the the immigrant, saying, "Watch out! He's going to steal one of your cookies." Yeah, yeah. and you know it, it's the abundance that they have. I mean, you know, the people who are rich don't need all this money. There's no way they can spend it. No. And if they were taxed, they, they wouldn't even notice no. um, the tax that's been spoken about. And yeah. even even for the even for the right wing, the levels of taxation that some of the um, your candidates um, in the Democratic uh, uh, sort of primaries and stuff, and over here what the Labour Party was putting forward, the taxation as of the rich people and of the corporations was still less taxation than was done by Reagan and Thatcher in the 80s, no. who had been meant to be the paragons of, of right-wing neoliberalism. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yet still it's seen as being something they can't do. Um, yeah, well, Reagan, that's, Reagan that's, even raised uh, Social Security taxes, supposedly yeah. to help pay for the boomers who are retiring now. And of course, see, Stephen, we got you. We're thinking about you. <laughs> yeah, it's nice, isn't it? Yeah. Of course, none yeah. of that money was saved. It was raided to pay for a couple of wars. Well, and I said thinking about crisis. you, not actually implementing it. So, <laughs> implementing anything, no, no. Well, you see, I, I, you know, despite everything, I've still got free healthcare. Yeah. All right. Listen. Whatever. For right. now. After all this, you still have free healthcare. Yeah. 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 Things, you see, things are bad, but they're not. They're not. You're not the United States, bad. No. I mean, you know. I will uh, say this. Um, as we start to wrap up, I, I definitely know how you feel 
because that day after Trump was elected, it, it was just a. Um, it's like I, being in I a daze. Yeah, it's it like, was bad. It was a dark, dark day. Uh, I just didn't feel like doing anything and uh, just sat and thought about the potential future, which we're now living in. <laughs> and it's, it's so it's, fun. Yeah. It's crazy, it's, too, because I gave um, my coworker who uh, he seems to be a global traveler, but he lives most of the time in England. Okay. And um, he just met his girlfriend. He and his girlfriend are going to have a child. And uh, but she's not English; she's from Brazil. Okay. okay. And so apparently, I guess since she's not a citizen, they have to pay for the pregnancy. Okay. And he was saying, the, like, the, yeah, if they're not if if they they're not citizens or they don't have right of residency or they're not from um, one of the EU countries um, or one of the other countries that we have reciprocal deals with, um, then yes, there is a a, a payment. Yeah. Um, but even even then. Even then, what they're paying for is is still, if you compare it to how much they have to pay for it in your country. Well, that's that's what um, I was trying to I think explain. It's still to massively, them. <laughs> massively cheaper. Yeah, because I was like, oh, that's you know, that's all of us all the time. Even those of us who are citizens here, <laughs> it's like, it's like, and it's still cheaper, probably. Like, I think they said a pregnancy here costs like twenty thousand dollars or something like something, that. Yeah. I saw eighteen to twenty thousand. Yeah, and it's like, number I've seen. <laughs> it's yeah. just it's, yeah, it's it's insane. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, so we're still better off in that respect and we're still, you know, better off in the fact that, you know, I I still know that if I, um, well, this time last week, almost to the hour, this time last week, um, I got attacked by five guys and beaten up. Um, and ended what? Up, um, yeah, really? And, and Yeah, and ended up with, you know, a customer face and, and uh, potential, I had to be, um, you know, needs to be checked to see whether I've got um any any fractures to my face and and such like um and you know the ambulance services checking me and all this kind of stuff I knew that if I had to go into into hospital and have an x-ray and whether and if I you know if I had broken any other bones and I'd had to have um any cast put on or I'd had to have any physiotherapy or or anything any of these kind of things I knew it wasn't going to cost me a penny right um thankfully um, it was it was cuts and bruises and um, so it was you know it was all right in the end and I'm just a bit still a bit tender around my face but it's apart from that it's all right um, I'm still as beautiful as I ever was but um, <laughs> the but I I still don't have to worry about those things right. at the moment and I don't I don't think that the um, the current scenario is going to be that necessarily that the charges are going to come in for me having to pay for these things. I know we did a, quite, uh, a couple of decades ago, we had to start paying for, for dentistry, hmm. which used to previously be free on the NHS, which is why so many of us have, at my age, have teeth that we do have. Um, so um, the British teeth is, is, is a certain um, stereotype, and it's true with me. My, my mouth is like a Victorian graveyard. But... <laughs> Um, but the but the fact is, the fact is I, you know still under the scenario of 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 um, the next five years with the Tories being in charge, I I agree with what Tom was saying that I can't see them bringing in um, charges in that way um, for people having to pay for an ambulance to come to them, having to pay for an X-ray. Um, it'll just be that 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 the the money will come out of the taxpayers right. purse mm-hmm. and it'll be charged at an absolute premium by uh, the 
the um, corporations from your country and and the Tory party will get their backhander from that to be able to um, to finance their next election and of that course. will help them get elected again, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, first of all, I'm glad you're okay. I didn't know about the uh, attack, so I'm glad you're good. Um, and best of luck. In the Thank you very much. in the future, you know. You do realize one of the, one of the worst thing, you know, one of the, one of the first things I thought of this morning when I saw the election result, and one of the things that most put me into a state of despair. Okay. Was I thought, right? Well, that that means that Austin's not going to be moving over and sleeping on my couch now, because <laughs> that's what he said he was going to do. So you know, that, is funny. <laughs> that, so, that is really yeah, funny. He's not going to not going to be coming now. So that All was right. you know. I have one of the I have a funny story to end this on. <laughs> uh, so last night, I found a poll that showed uh, this was before hour ten p.m. So this was before the actual um, exit poll. Uh, results were coming out. The exit poll numbers. So I saw a poll that uh, showed the exact opposite of what was happening in real life. It showed the Labour Party just dominating everything. So I sent... Yes, that was a poll put around, yeah. Yeah, so I sent that to Austin because I was pretty excited. I didn't do any fact-checking because, you know, it's me. (laughs) And Austin was, like, super excited, just like I expected. And he said, he was getting ready to go. (laughs) Getting ready to go to UK. (laughs) And then literally five minutes later, the actual exit polls came out and he said... Yeah. <laughs> What'd you say? Yeah, you're you like, see, that, that, you're like, I'm that, quietly. Yeah, it quietly cancels plane tickets um, and puts down for. That poll was, that poll was allegedly from um, uh, one of the top polling organizations called YouGov, um, which has got nothing to do with the government. Hmm. Uh, just by, it sounded like it's actually yeah. um, government um, supported. Yeah. Um, what it is supported by though, it's actually created by um, two Tory MPs. Oh. Um so um, it's it's bias is very much on its on its sleeve when anybody wants to actually look at that. So I mean, that's it was why they were constantly exactly saying all the way through. So there's very very little chance of them ever saying that the Labour Party were in the lead, even when they were. Mm. Um, but um, for them to come out with that, there was a conspiracy theory that they brought out that poll um, at the last minute just to try and discourage people who are lazy Labour voters from actually turning out because they go well, Labour are going to win, so I don't need to go out in the rain and the cold to go and vote. I'll just um, I'll just let them win without me. Yeah. Um, but I think it was just, I don't, I, for once, I don't think it was actually from them themselves. Um, but yeah, so unfortunately, you'll have to find another excuse to come over sometime, Austin. Yeah, I know. I mean, I probably still will, but it, uh, it definitely not won't to be live. as exciting. <laughs> no, not to live, it'll yeah. just be to visit. <laughs> Like, um, yeah, yeah. I have my but anyway, listen, Stephen, thank you, thank you very <laughs> much for uh, coming on the show and uh, giving us uh, whatever you could, any kind of info on what happened last night. It obviously yeah. wasn't the results that any of us ex- or wanted, at least, yeah. I don't know if I expected. No, um, and hopefully, I'll say the same thing I said about Trump because it's now a guarantee that this government's going to be in for a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, it's not that bad. <laughs> yeah, I hope so too. Because it's not uh, going to be good. We already know that. That's you know, whenever the opposition party comes in, you know it's not going to be good. Let's just hope it's not that bad, and then we'll uh, we'll we'll be in touch. We'll have you come on and give us an update in a little while and let us know if uh, the UK is. No longer the UK, or I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's the other aspect of this. It's looking more likely that we're either going to get a united Ireland, so yeah. Northern Ireland is going to yeah. break off, or Scotland's going to become independent. I heard Scotland of, is a good chance of that. Things. I heard Scotland <laughs> is a good chance of that. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah, that's they, they've yeah. pretty much gone gone entirely over to the um, Scottish Nationalist Party who um, want independence. You so, see, and this yeah, is the thing. You don't want Scotland to leave. We want the South to leave. So it's just one of these weird, uh, it's a weird, <laughs> it's weird. thing. Yeah. Uh, anyway, thank you, Stephen. Much appreciated as always. Um, My pleasure. You take care. We'll take a little break and we'll we'll be right back after this no commercial break because <laughs> no one wants a fucking sponsor. Us, ever. <laughs> okay. <it's fine. laughs> All right. We are back from our sponsorless break. And if you want to change that, if you are, you know, part of a company and you have the ability to give sponsorships out, if you want to change that. That little spot there can be yours. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Enjoy it. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, as a lot of those big issues go, we took a little longer than normal. So we're not going to add any stories for this one, uh, but we definitely wanted to at least uh, talk a little bit extra about this and, I, I kind of wanted to get your reaction to how last night went. Like, what happened? What, what, what do you think? I mean, I mean, Stephen explained it better than we have an understanding. But like, did you expect that? Um, no, I didn't expect it. Um, I also didn't expect a labor win. I expected, honestly, what I expected was for things to pretty much stay the same, to have it be like a hung parliament, and I thought maybe if. Corbyn labor would could, gain a little. Well, I thought maybe they could either gain a little or lose a little, but if they could form a coalition with like two of the other parties, they could form a minority government. Yeah, can't even do but that. No, can't even no. do that. No, I didn't. And it just felt like it was just echoes of uh, 2016. Like that's what it felt like. Yeah, it's like it how could did. this be? You know, this place that in in a lot of ways I always hold it up in high regard as like, look at. I know. You know, like we could be better than this. We could be like them. And then they just make the same stupid mistakes. And it's like, what are you guys doing? It's funny because, like, Stephen touched on this. Like, I I have a little bit more of an understanding of the history of modern Britain now. I took a a whole whole class on it, learned a lot. One of the things I learned about, especially in the uh, early 20th century, the, you know, post World War II era. When when the labor and the uh, Tories were like going back and forth. They when they established the NHS, the one thing that always surprised me in that class is learning that the Tories really didn't have a plan to get rid of it ever. They were like, it's there and we're yeah. gonna keep it because the people want it and the people need it. Yeah. And and even with like Margaret Thatcher, she Margaret Thatcher even pointed out that when you uh focus on just the candidates, not the parties, you're gonna have situations like the one we just fell into but even that wasn't talking about getting rid of the nhs and here we are with this modern conservative party of england and that's not necessarily the case anymore and that's one thing i really admired about british politics it's like we'll debate on issues but the things that are set in stone are set in stone yeah and i thought that that was going to be the case for forever and apparently not. No, and that's disappointing. And yeah. it, it's demoralizing to to me as an American because I kind of wanted us to be a form of the UK. Yeah, and, and um, if anything, the opposite's happening. Like yeah, they're becoming I more know. like us. I, yeah. I, know. I know. I was thinking the same thing when he was talking about the you know the the way that they're trying to privatize the NHS. No. I'm thinking, oh no, you you better 
stop this fast. Yeah. Because if you like, if you are from England and you're listening and you're not a huge fan of Jeremy Corbyn or whatever the case is, just take it from us. You don't want our healthcare system. No. It's very bad. I, and I'll, and I'll you definitely don't want some kind of weird like corporate public partnership. No. No, was, absolutely not. I mean, like like when he was talking about, you know, their equivalent of charter schools, I mean, there was yeah. just a report released about charter schools here in America where I think it was something like 38% of them, I don't remember the exact numbers, I think it was in the 30s, um, folded and lost money and just made money to the person who founded them because these, yeah, I believe that. these public-private partnerships... <sighs> Yeah, they're they're a mess. Yeah. They're a mess, and, and that's why that, that that's one of the things that I constantly rip Cory Booker for. Now, like I wouldn't be a Cory Booker supporter if he wasn't for no, charter schools. No, but the he charter is, school but thing is really obnoxious. that's a bad one. Yeah. Like that makes me not want to support him at all. It's a it's a bad one because it's so uninformed. And, and also, <laughs> what uh, the centrist failed to realize is that a candidate with that position will have a tough mm-hmm. time winning the nomination because oh yeah. Oh, like yeah. these, what is it? The second? They might even be the biggest union. They're either the biggest union or the second biggest union in the country. The, te- the teachers, the teacher, union. the yeah, the uh, AFT. Yeah, yeah, they're and they're like, not going to back ATF. a candidate who backs charter schools. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely not, absolutely not. That goes against yeah. what their whole thing yeah. is. It's like yeah, because um, the teachers at charter schools, apart from like the very affluent ones, you know, yeah, usually make less money. They have less education. They're not as mm-hmm. well qualified. They're the outcomes are so mixed, yeah. Like that, I, I know. Like it basically, it, the the places where it's working are where rich people live, and it's oh basically yeah, I, become a public subsidized private school. Yeah. Also, don't forget the racial factor. No, of it's, course, it, yeah. It, it, it's very big on race. Yeah. This whole issue with charter schools, because I mean, there is a the way that these kids are selected into charter schools sometimes too are are, are wild with like. It's like a lot. It's literally a lottery. Yeah, and they'll have little balls in a, in a spinning thing, yeah. and they pick out names. And it's like, oh, congratulations! Wait, what? I mean, it, that's random, but it's not really random either. It, it's it's a mess. Uh, all I'm saying, because we could talk about this forever, yeah. is England should not be going this way. No. And the fact that things could go that way, especially with the current government that's in place. Not to mention the Brexit. Brexit's going to be a nightmare. That's yeah. that's a that's going to be terrible. Yeah, like there's no there's no ways to go around that and say that that's not the case. No. It's going to be terrible. Yeah. It's not, there's not going it's not going to be a good exit. It's going to be a messy one. Yeah, I I just I hope for the best. Um, trust me, you know I understand I understand the feeling you're going through right now. Yeah. Uh, I, the day that Trump won, I I call out of work. I didn't go to school. I was just it was. It sucked. It was a defeating feeling. Yeah, it yeah. was. It was. And I, I, I get it. And uh, depending on who is the Democratic nominee come next November, we might be in the same feeling again. Ugh, so I don't want to think about that. <laughs> I, I know, but that's all I could think about yesterday. Yeah, I know. I was because I know what. Because I know what they're feeling, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, I felt that a couple of years ago. And there's a, there's a decent chance, depending on who the Democrats pin up, that we're going to get this again. Yeah. And it, it fucking sucks. It's no. a terrible feeling. No. Uh, I hate to end the show on such a downer, <laughs> but I mean, but but I'm just saying it was a down. It was a yeah. pretty upsetting night. It was, it, yeah. when, when I said this on the show, when I text, when I messaged Steven to come on the show, I was fully anticipating a positive 
day, like yeah. something that he could talk about and say, yes, finally we're saved here and this and the NHS is good. Yeah. It's not. Not really like no, that. It's not really yeah. like that. Um, so we're going to wrap up the show with that lovely, lovely <laughs> little note. But yeah. on a good news, Austin came up with a good plan here uh, because there are plenty of stories for us to talk about. We're going to continue our recording right after this. Uh, we're going to talk about those stories. It's going to be a shorter episode, but you'll have two episodes this yeah. coming week. So you get a little bit of that. It's just nice unless you don't like the show and then you're like, then it's unfortunate for you. <laughs> But if you don't like the show, why are you listening? Good question. You know? That's a good question. Right? Yeah. I know. I, I only ask the good questions. Uh, I don't. That's <laughs> very much a false thing. Anyway, um, if you want to stay in touch with us, lovely soy boys that we are, you can go on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all at Left Lane Pod. That's Left Lane Pod. Um, <laughs> that's that's the one. Yeah, that's. <laughs> you can download slash listen to our podcast for free, pretty much anywhere: iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, maybe YouTube. I don't know if I set that up correctly. Maybe YouTube. <laughs> 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 I probably didn't set it up right, so maybe not YouTube. Um. And then if you have that terrible, terrible situation where you just have too much money, you can give it to us by going to patreon.com forward slash left lane pod. Mm -hmm. That is left lane pod everywhere. Um, Yeah, that's pretty much it. Are we as the United States of America in a better position than the United Kingdom right now? No, but we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> There's a chance that in less than a year's time we will be in a better situation than the UK and I cannot I I, I don't think I would have ever thought myself saying that. No. But long road ahead. Yeah, we'll long see. road ahead. Yeah, because we could Stay also be tuned. in an even worse ones. <laughs> listen to the the small episode that's coming up uh, sometime this week that you're listening because there's a couple stories that I found that are going to make you feel much better about your life. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're from the UK. <laughs> oh, and on you that note, let's say cheerio. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>